I just have to say up front, the tears have already been coming. But this is a safe place for everybody. So I invite you, if the tears come, to just continue to let them flow. Because this is where we experience the grace, the peace, the joy, the healing presence of God. I struggle this time of year because always during the Advent season, I see the beauty. I see the beauty of the, the presents and the, the decorations. I see the, the beautifully wrapped packages and the bows on top. But yet I know, I see, I feel, I hear the pain, the suffering, the brokenness. And so there is this tension because in the beauty, there's brokenness. In the pretty packages and the bows, in the shining lights and the candles, there's suffering. And many, many of us are in the middle of circumstances that we did not choose. Last year, I preached about Christmas manure. And I want to name that again. I got in big trouble for that because I used the word manure. But I want you to understand That Jesus comes into our darkness. Jesus is our light. And so I'm just going to name some stuff this morning. Because Jesus wants us to be fully real. Not to to be wrapped up in a pretty package like everything is alright. Because we know it's not. Except through Jesus Christ our Lord. So let me just name some things. We're suffering because we have lost loved ones. We're suffering because we don't know what to do and we don't understand. We're suffering because somebody had a change in job and they had such a pay cut that they had to sell everything and change their entire lifestyle because of it. We're suffering because we have new diagnoses in our family. We're battling illness and disease every single day. We're suffering because our child got bullied at school. We're suffering because we so desire to have a baby. And it's just not happening. We're suffering because we know our spouse is having an affair and doesn't really care about us anymore. We're struggling with the pressure to succeed. We're struggling because we feel like we have to try to measure up. And we are plagued with fear and worry and anxiety. We're struggling in our marriage. We're struggling in our relationships at school when we don't feel like we fit in. And we're struggling. We're suffering because of a child's drug addiction. We're suffering because there is depression in our family We're suffering because some circumstances in life are destroying our family. You just insert your stuff into that list if I haven't touched on it. Because in reality, that's what we are faced with. We often are faced with circumstances that we did not choose. 
And I think back over 2,000 years ago to that 12, 13, 14-year-old girl who did not choose her circumstances either. Mary had an unplanned pregnancy, and most people didn't believe her story. Mary and Joseph traveled from 90 to 100 miles. They had to give birth in a smelly cave. That wasn't, I'm sure, the way Mary had envisioned it to be when she had finally said yes to God, I'm your servant. And then, of course, we remember that Mary and Joseph ended up being refugees. Nothing about, more than likely, their dreams made sense. Think of the shepherds, the lowest caste of society, outcasts. Perhaps those shepherds thought, well, this is as good as it's going to get. I better just suck it up because it's as good as it's going to get. They were the ones, they were the ones overwhelmed by God's glory. They were the ones who experienced the good news first, who heard about the good news. Luke 2. Luke 2, starting with the 8th verse. You know it, but listen, like you've never heard it before. Put yourself there. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Peace to those on whom God's favor rests. That's you. And that's me. Even in the midst of the most challenging situations and circumstances we have ever experienced. You see, Jesus came into hard times. Jesus came specifically for hard times. Sovereign, holy, perfect God came from heaven to earth. He came to imperfect, sinful, wounded, broken people who were yearning for light, who were yearning for hope, who were yearning for a Savior in the darkness. I know you're there because I'm there. We're yearning to experience that joy in the midst of sorrow. We're yearning to experience peace in the midst of chaos, of circumstance. Still today, I am here to remind you that Jesus comes in the most unlikely places, into the suffering, into our circumstances that we didn't choose. He comes into our sinful disobedience. He is the light coming in to pierce our darkness. And I just have this image that 
through Jesus, God interrupts our, our life. I heard just earlier this week that it's a collision from God colliding with our circumstances so that our circumstances aren't the same, but that something divine and holy, something supernatural, the peace that passes all understanding can be experienced even when we're experiencing the most excruciating pain we've ever experienced. The song of peace, the angel song of peace, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to, the, uh, to those who God favors. That happened way over 2,000 years ago and it's happening now. But we need to be ready to receive it. That means that we have to lay down our trying to figure things out. To trying to understand why things happen. And to say God is still God in the midst of all that is happening. You see, God's favor is that supernatural support, that supernatural approval. God's favor, God's grace, God's unconditional love, God's mercy continues to be shown to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Even when we mess up. Especially when we mess up. Especially in the darkest of circumstances. Peace is ours. And thank you, you. Thanks for naming it. You know, it's weird that I, I told them to read from Habakkuk. I mean, you know, it's not like they would choose to go to that prophet that many people don't read in the Old Testament. But the short book of Habakkuk talks about everything is going wrong. Nothing's right. Everything has dried up. The trees won't fruit. There's no water available. My life is completely dry. Yet I will choose to rejoice. That's joy. That's joy in the midst of sorrow. That's the peace that passes all understanding in the midst of life's circumstances. We experience this peace when we look beyond our circumstances, and focus on Jesus. That's what we sang about over and over today. Help us keep our eyes above the waves. Don't let us get so focused on the the waves, the circumstances of life, that we lose sight of you, Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I know I said this before. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of, of his glory, his grace. Life is raw, life is messy, life is difficult. It's smelly a lot of the time, right? It's just plain hard. Most often it's not wrapped up beautifully. We can't tie a pretty little bow on top of it. But that's where Philippians 4 comes in. And I want to read it once again. Because it's our, it's our choice. We have to be proactive to choose to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it. 
rejoice? Do we rejoice that that life is excruciatingly painful right now? Do we rejoice that we're suffering, that our circumstances are not like we had planned? No. We rejoice that God is in the midst of all we're experiencing. We rejoice that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We rejoice that Jesus is Savior. He is the light of the world who has come to pierce our darkness. Rejoice in the Lord always. Do not be anxious about anything, but at everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do you hear the sequence here? We rejoice. We humble ourselves. We pour out our, our request to God. We talk to God and say, I don't like this. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to be in this place. I don't want these circumstances to be the way they are right now. But even in the midst of my circumstances, I choose to praise you. I choose to humble myself. I choose to put you, Jesus, on the throne of my life. I choose to worship you. I choose to praise you. And then, the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. This is not a quick and easy one, two, three. But I want to try to point you in the right direction. Because Jesus in John, I think it's chapter 16, he had been meeting with the disciples and he says, I tell you all of these things because in this world you will have trouble. And I've, I've talked about this before. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's where we, we don't want to stop with the beginning part. I am in over my head. The waves are crashing over me. I can't take any more. Jesus says, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm the one holding you up so you aren't drowning in the waves, in the storms of life. So here we go. First thing, you and I need to make a choice to learn and to grow in our suffering. God allows things to happen so that we can grow in deeper relationship, in intimate personal relationship and worship of him. That's a hard one to grasp. God is a good God. God is a personal God. But we have to choose to believe his promises. God is sovereign and in control. He always loves and cares for us, even when we feel that he has abandoned us, because that's our stuff, not his. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. You and I need to trust that the Holy Spirit is with us even when, especially when, we don't feel his presence. Even when we don't understand why we're going through what we're going through or why God is allowing this to happen, God calls us to trust him. 
God calls us to put our faith in him. God calls us to have the faith, maybe it's even just as tiny as a mustard seed, to, to have faith in him when nothing makes sense. And I just have to name here, youth, you spoke about it so, so beautifully that part of our job as the body of Christ is to stand in the gap for one another when one or, or some of us are hurting so badly that, that we can't even feel that mustard seed of faith or we can't drum up that faith. That's our responsibility to pray for and with one another, to hold each other accountable, to encourage, to edify one another. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. It's an intentional choice. When the angel Gabriel came to Mary, she, she asked a really good question. How can this be? What's up with that? She's saying, I, I'm a girl. I'm not married. I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to be a part of this unplanned pregnancy. But then what did she say? That wasn't the end of her prayer. It was basically the same as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, but not my will, but thine be done. I am your servant, servant, Mary said. Let it be according to your will. Let it be according to your will. In the midst of the most, I would think, in her 12, 13, 14-year-old life, the most unexpected, earth-shattering circumstances, she chose to pursue God's power, God's redemptive power, and his presence. She chose to be his servant. Secondly, I want to encourage you to follow your faith rather than your feelings. God blessed us with feelings, with emotions. That's part of who we are. That's part of our, our soul, our, our body, our, I mean, our, our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. That makes us who we are. But if we focus on our feelings rather than our, our faith, we're going to be discombobulated. We're going to be paralyzed. The shepherds were terrified when something unexpected happened. But then they let down their guard. They opened up to experiencing that manifest glory of God. Exercise your trust in God. Discover his truth and faithfulness through obedience. That means that you and I need to submit to his will and his authority. And we have to often be okay with, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's all a mystery to me. And we have to be okay with, God, you are sovereign. You are holy. It's your will, not mine. I surrender to you. And I have to say here also a, a word of caution. You and I need to be on guard and recognize that, that there is an evil force. Satan is working hard for us, at us, to, to try to get us to buy into those emotions. To discredit God's promises. To doubt God's faithfulness. Be aware. Because that's, that's part of what Satan's doing 
He's an accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. He schemes. He manipulates. He's trying to control our mind. And finally, stay connected to God through prayer and reading his word. I know I say that a lot, but, but y'all, we have to do it. We have to make time. Rejoice with thanksgiving and make your requests known to God. I want to encourage you. I know, I don't know everybody's story, but I know that many of you in this room are going through excruciating suffering, questionable circumstances, don't know what tomorrow will bring, challenges. Your whole life is kind of in an upheaval and you really don't know what's going on. That's especially the time when you and I need to pour our hearts out to God. And we need to do that with the confidence that he cares for us and that he loves us unconditionally. It comes with surrender. Scripture says, make your desires, your requests known to God. You need to pour out the deepest desires of your heart. God, this is what I long for. This is what I need. But here's the thing. Then I firmly believe with all of my heart that we have to pray how Jesus did. But not my will, but thine be done. Ask God to do what he knows is best for you rather than trying to convince him to do what you want. Let me read that again. That's straight from God. Ask God to do what he knows is best for you rather than just trying to convince him to do what you want. Ask, ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit to, to, to bring your prayers into alignment with God's will for you in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal to you God's desires for you. And spend time listening to God's voice. Listen for God. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how God is, is loving on you, how God is with you, how God is living out his promise never to leave us nor forsake us. And finally, I can't say it enough. We've got to read and study and meditate on Scripture. This is how our souls are fed. This is how our spirits are, are energized. This is how we keep going. God's truth has to become a part of our soul. It has to become a part of who we are. I believe that even in the most horrible of life's circumstances, we can sing a song of peace. We can sing a song of joy. And that's when we intentionally keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords, Emmanuel, God with us. He came down from heaven for us. He gave his life for us. God's favor rests on us. That's the good news of this season. That's the good news of the gospel.